You know, that last song, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this all week. You know, one of the, one of the scripts that Jesus is flipping as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount, we're learning that the way the world finds blessing, Jesus flips that around and he invites us into a whole new way of finding blessing. And um, I don't know if you guys have realized this or, or not, but we live in a consumeristic culture. So we are kind of conditioned and trained to be consumers, right? We go by and we get things and we have transactions. And so we think like consumers, but that's very dangerous when we come to God. In fact, I was thinking about this this past week that um, instead of coming to God, expecting him to do something for us, that what's presented in the Bible is that he is the consuming fire, meaning we're the ones being consumed. <laughs> in Romans, it says we are living sacrifices. And what we just sang was, I surrender, I'm an offering to you, God. That's an, that's an incredible prayer. That's an incredible prayer. Now, that can feel scary, right? But here's what we're learning in the Sermon on the Mount. God is unconditional love. And so, what happens is when we surrender to him, we find that we are fulfilled, <laughs> that we are satisfied, and that we are made whole when we do that before him. That is unbelievable because um, we have to change everything that we think, everything that we think we know, and uh, receive that from God. Would you join me in praying as we uh, continue through the Sermon on the Mount? Lord, thank you for this uh, beautiful day that you have made, we rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for your people gathered. That's a beautiful expression of your presence, of your power, and that, Lord, it's in the community that you reveal yourself, that you work, and that your love is worked out. So, God, here in this place right now, you know the struggles, you know the doubts, you know the, the pains, the fears, the anxieties, the worries, you know, the burdens that are carried here tonight. And so, God, we lay all that before your feet, and we do pray that consuming fire, you would come and consume us, and that, God, you would do your work in our hearts, in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, we're continuing through the Sermon on the Mount. We're actually entering an incredible uh, transition. Uh, remember, this is one sermon, so it's you really can't break it up. Uh, we are... We're taking our time. We're, we're like three or four months in. We're going verse by verse. But really, it's, this is to be taken as a whole. And so it's good just to step back and see what is Jesus presenting. And he starts out by saying, where is the source of blessing? Jesus himself. Jesus came to declare blessing, to bring blessing. He is the blessing. And he invites us to that blessing in his kingdom. And then we begin to see our purpose that he created us for a specific purpose to be salt and light, to, to do good, to bring love to others, and to bring glory to God. That's our purpose. That's the greatest reason why we are here, why we exist on this planet. And so Jesus reveals that to us. And then he begins to uh, reveal the, the, the depths of our sinful condition as human beings. Um, and I love that Jesus cuts to the chase. He doesn't let us get away and say, hey, I'm glad I'm not a murderer, or I'm glad I'm not an adulterer, or I'm glad I'm not like this. He, he, he pegs all of us. <laughs> None of us can get out under the gaze, the holy gaze of Jesus, because he says, look at your hearts. Is there anger? Is there lust? Is there adultery? Your words, do they 
They bring life. Can you, are you trustworthy in what you say? How are your relationships? And so as Jesus begins to zero in into our hearts, we realize our desperate need for him. And we begin to see the deepest issues of our life God cares about and he wants to transform. He invites us into a new kind of life. And we concluded uh, last week with this incredible call to unconditional love, even towards our enemies. And remember that unconditional love is to be the mark of all of our relationships in Jesus, whether it's in the home, with our kids and with our spouses, or with our parents, or our neighbors, or our co-workers. But Jesus says this kind of love that comes from God, and it's not self-produced, this is what God allows and brings about because of the kingdom of God as it breaks into our lives, that this kind of love can even love our enemies, even those who hurt us. And then he says, be perfect, which means complete, be complete, be whole, be who God made you to be as your heavenly father is perfect. And so our identity is rooted in who God is, as our father, and we are called his children. He says there that we are to be children of your father in heaven. That's our call. That's who we are. And that's what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon Mount. He's not giving us a list of rules or laws to follow. He's inviting us into a new ra- reality of being. God cares about who we are, not just what we do. It's not about performance. It's about who we are. And so it's about transformation. And now, tonight, we're beginning a new section of the sermon that really focuses on worship. So what is this life of righteousness that we are being called to this blessed life with Jesus. What does that look like? What does that mean? And so Jesus, he addresses the root issues of our hearts, and now he begins to invite us into a life of worship. So would you uh, join me, either look on the screen, I think we have it up on screen, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, or open your Bibles, and I'm going to read this, and let's pay attention to what Jesus says. He says, be careful. Not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full." But when you give to the needy, do not left, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So we're going to talk about giving tonight. And God cares about giving. And we might wonder, why? <laughs> why does God care about giving? And here's the, here's the key. God cares about giving because he cares about our hearts. Later in chapter 6, verse 21, what does Jesus say? He says, where your treasure is, there is your heart. So that's that's what Jesus is poking, (laughs) probing, inviting, seeking, is your heart, my heart. That's what he cares about because that is a reflection of who you are. And that is what God cares about. He cares about who you are, not what you do, not your performance. He cares about who you are, who I am. So Jesus begins by saying, be careful. Now, this isn't be cautious. That's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, pay attention. 
this is important. Apply yourself to this. Understand and change your mindset about this. So he's inviting us to change our thinking, to really pay attention to something that's really important for our lives. Because remember, God isn't telling this to make us miserable. (laughs) He's telling this because he wants to bless us. He wants to fulfill us. He wants to satisfy us. He wants us to live the abundant life. That's That's why he came. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. And so he's inviting us into a new kind of life. And so this is, I believe, about worship. I think this is a worship issue. And it has to do with our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Because if you really study the Sermon on the Mount, what I think it really boils down to is love. Our love for others and our love for God. That is what he's after. And so when we talk about worship, he uses a term, practice. Practice. And I like that word. (laughs) I like that word a lot because that means you don't have it down perfectly, right? (laughs) And that's good news. Remember, this isn't about performance. And when he says be perfect, he's talking about completeness, wholeness, maturity. And so practice is what you do to grow and to develop and to mature and to experience something new. So when I met my wife uh, in Chicago, um, I was uh, in one track at the school. I was uh, studying Bible, but she was studying piano. She was a piano major. And uh, by the way, this last Friday, we celebrated 16 years of marriage. So I'm, I'm uh, just, yeah, praise God. <laughs> that, is, that is God's grace. And uh, my wife is better than I could ever deserve. And uh, she would have to practice hours and hours in the studio at school. And so um, she would have performances where she would have to perform, but uh, because I was interested in her and I was pursuing her, I found myself going to the music section of the school much more often. (laughs) In fact, I didn't even know where it was until I met her. And so I discovered there were practice rooms and I wanted to be there because I wanted to be with her. But what I noticed about her is, is she loves music. She loves playing piano. And it's something she enjoys. But she wanted to grow in her skill. And so she would practice for hours and hours and hours on the piano. Now, that told me that she loved playing piano, just like I would spend hours and hours with her. In one sense, I would practice pursuing her, and I'd write her love notes, and I'd buy her flowers. I'd do all these things because I loved her. I was pursuing her. And so, in a sense, I was practicing. I was pursuing. I was working out love in my life as she was doing this with piano. Praise God. I don't know why she reciprocated and decided to love me (laughs) as well, and I'm so thankful for that. But what I want you to see here is that we practice what we love. That's important. This is, this is about love. We practice what we love. Now, some of you here are athletes. Some of you here are musicians. Some of you are artists. Some of you do lots of things. And you do it because you love it. And you practice. Because you want to get better. You want, you want it to reflect that skill and that desire that you have in that area. Here's what Jesus, I think, is saying. He's saying, be careful. Pay attention practice your righteousness. And remember, this is 
a righteousness that comes from God. This isn't self-righteousness. We, we talked about the difference between the righteousness of the Pharisees. In chapter 5, Jesus said, the righteousness of the kingdom is it must surpass that of the Pharisees, which is external, which compares to others. This is the kind of righteousness of God that transforms our inner being, right? And so when we practice this kind of righteousness, I think he's talking about our worship as a discipline. He's talking about our worship as a discipline. It's related to love. Now, we often think about discipline in a negative light, but discipline is also a very positive thing. I would say my wife is very disciplined when it comes to piano, and that's a good thing, right? It results in something beautiful, something glorious, right? And so we discipline ourselves around things that we love, and it develops who we are. And so that is what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about our love, he's talking about our worship, and he's talking about our discipline in our lives. Remember, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. So who is Jesus talking to in this sermon? I don't think he's just talking to anyone. If you go back to the very beginning, he's addressing his disciples, those who've committed their lives to following him. And so this, this doesn't apply to everyone. This applies to those who've said, I surrender what we just sang. I've given my life to Jesus. I am his follower. I am his disciple. And so he's inviting us to a kind of love that finds its ultimate fulfillment, satisfaction, and success in him. He becomes our greatest joy. So we have to understand that. If we miss that, then we miss the whole point. And so many people miss the whole point on the Sermon on the Mount. They read this and they just think, oh, I got to get better at giving. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about our hearts and what we love and practicing what we love. So giving. Why does God invite us to give our money away? <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting, right? This world is all about accumulating more and more, right? This is so opposite, so weird, <laughs> Right in a world that celebrates and and uh, points out people who've accumulated great wealth, Jesus is saying there's actually more blessing in giving, but how we give matters, and that's what that's what we're really going to look at. But here here's what I want to ask: Why is it painful to give? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Why is it painful to give? <laughs> I think it's important. Because I think it reveals sometimes a heart condition. And I, I'm not speaking for you, I'm speaking for myself. Because there's been times where it's been hard to give. But I think when that, we feel that pain, we have to ask ourselves, what am I treasuring? What do I really value? What's important to me? What do I love? Uh, you see, this is deep stuff. <laughs> this is important stuff. And this is why Jesus is saying, pay attention. This is important. Jesus told a parable about uh, a man who was out walking and he found a treasure. I love here in the Black Hills when I go hiking with my kids, they're always looking for gold, right? <laughs> so they're, they're picking up every shiny rock and saying, Dad, is this gold? <laughs> so they're looking for treasure. And isn't that so true for all of us? We're looking for treasure. And so this man is out looking and, and, and it actually in the parable it doesn't even say he's looking. He finds some treasure and it's such an amazing amount of treasure that it says in his joy, he, he buried it, he went and he sold everything he had. So he gave up everything that he had valued, everything he accumulated his whole life, he gave it up 
and he bought that field. <laughs> and Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of God is like. And then he said, it's like a man who was a merchant looking for pearls, and he found one of great value. And it says he sold everything else to get that pearl. You see, Jesus is talking about our treasure. What do we love? This past, uh, uh, in our staff meeting, um, one, of the, um, one of the pastors shared a story where he was out driving with his wife, and uh, they saw a guy uh, with a big backpack and suitcase and looked like he was really struggling. And so he drove right on by, but his wife said, uh, we need to go find out if that guy needs help. So he turned around, and, and, and they asked this guy uh, if he needed anything. He was homeless, and his car had broken down, but he said, hey, give me a ride to Spearfish. And so they, they drove him all the way to Spearfish. And uh, I thought, wow, what a, what a cool thing that, uh, that God allowed them to do to give to this, this man. But it, it, sparked, it helped me remember a story uh, that was very impactful in my life. In Chicago, um, where I went to school, there, there's a lot of people who are, are homeless. And, um, and one day, my roommate came to me, and he said, Ben, God put on my heart that I need to go take food down to Lower Wacker Drive. It's like a, a, a road that goes underneath another road, and, and there's, this, there's this whole line of homeless people that live down there. And so he said, God I, just gave me a burden. I need to go do this. And, and he said, do you want to come with me? I said, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. And uh, we were poor college students, but <clears throat> we, uh, we emptied our pockets and bought as much food as we carry. So we lugged armfuls of, of food in our arms, and we went down there, and we thought there would be a few homeless people, but there were like hundreds of homeless people <laughs> down there. So we got mobbed, and we gave it all away. And there was one guy who came up, and, um, and he's, he, was, he was in a really bad mood. And he just said, man, my life is terrible right now, and I am so hungry. And you gave away all your food, and you don't have anything for me. And my life is miserable. And, and God, because we were, we were trying to share encouraging words, and he says, God doesn't care about me. He says, no one cares about me. And we said, well, we care about you. We're here, but he said, you don't have any food. <laughs> and I said, well, we don't. We, give, we don't have any money, but can we pray? And he said, well, it doesn't do any good. But we said, well, we're going to pray for you anyway. And so uh, we, we just started praying for this guy. And, uh, and there was some commotion to the side, but we didn't pay attention. We finished praying, and we look up, and a minivan or a van had pulled up, and the back door just automatically raised, and these two African-American guys jumped out of the car. And we looked into the back of the van, and it was packed with food all the way up to the ceiling, all the way to the front. The thing was just packed with food. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'll never forget, this was the most impactful thing. We both look at this guy who was just just miserable, and, and he looked at us, he looked at that food, and his face change (laughs) and he said he said there is a god (laughs) and he totally forgot about being hungry and he started yelling at the top of his lung god is real he's alive and he ran all the way down the street just yelling this to all these other homeless people and saying come come listen to these guys and so he brought a whole crowd and uh and we found out it was a church that just showed up with all this food, and they, they gave, everyone had, had enough food. So everyone ate that day, and we got to share about Jesus. But I remember um, thinking about that. What, what impacted me not only was God's provision, and his miraculous provision at that moment, but, but the fact that these, these guys in this van, no one knows about them. 
they're not famous. They're not TV preachers. They, they don't come from a big famous church. But they're out there feeding the homeless and just loving on people, and no one knows about it. And it, it left a huge mark on me. And I remember walking back with my roommate, and we were, we were just praising God the whole time. We were just like, man, that was amazing. That was incredible. I can't believe God did that. And, but I think it gets to what Jesus is talking about here. And Jesus is talking about how we give matters. Because there's a lot of ministries and people who, who give a lot of things very publicly, and they celebrate that. And, and, and I don't think Jesus is saying no one needs to know. It's not, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's, saying. he's saying how we give matters. He's talking about our hearts. The condition of our hearts when we give matters. Because he knows our hearts are governed by, we, by, by what we love and desire. And that's what he's comparing here. So he's in verse 2 says, When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue. So what he's talking about is people who are actors. So that word hypocrite literally means an actor. So they're pretending to be something that they're not. So remember, the Sermon on the Mount is really about who we are. Who we are when no one's looking. We're our true heart condition. Not just what it looks like on the outside. Right? We're all good on, on the outside, but who are we on the inside? And so what Jesus is saying is, says, when you give, God is looking at how you give. Not just that you give, but how you give. And so I think Jesus is pointing something out that, that we all struggle with. At least I know I struggle with. We want to impress other people. <laughs> I know I see that struggle in my life. We want other people to give us praise. We want to be valued by other people. And so a lot of times we do things for, because, for that motivation. And that's what Jesus is warning us against. He's saying, if we do it that way, then our only reward is other people's praise. And you know what? That praise is really temporary, <laughs> and it can change. <laughs> and if we live to try to impress other people, we're going to be miserable people. I, and I can say that because I've tried that. And it's made me miserable to try to live for other people. There's no joy in that. There's no life in that. And so Jesus is helping us see the emptiness of giving, of sharing with others, just for the praise and the applauds of others. He's inviting us to something deeper and more joyful and more profound. He's inviting us to the kind of giving that comes from a heart of generosity and a heart of worship. Remember, this is about worship. This is about God. And so he's not impressed what we do for others, but he is impressed by what we do for him and who we are in him. And so here's what Jesus is after. He's after our hearts to be surrendered to the kingdom of God, to the lordship of Jesus, to what God is doing and loving other people unconditionally. Remember, the whole chapter 5 is about unconditional love. And so he's inviting us to give unconditionally with love. So whether we get recognized or not doesn't matter. What matters is that our hearts are consumed by God's love. <laughs> and that is what he's looking at. So I don't think this passage is saying, don't let anyone ever know that you're giving. I think what he's really after is, what's the intention of your heart? What what motivates you to give? What, what 
What causes you to be generous towards others? So there's two ways to give that Jesus talks about here. One way is performance giving. Remember, I, last week we talked about the difference between um, being and performance. And so this whole sermon is, is counteracting, helping us see that performance is empty, but being is what God is after. And so performance giving is when we give only when people are watching and just enough not to feel guilty. And to do it as an outward expression, but on the inside, there's no generosity. There's no love. <laughs> that's, that's what Jesus is warning us against. Because he says, you can do that, but your life's going to be empty. Your only reward is going to be people's temporary applause. And that can change. That doesn't last. But the reward that the Father gives us is good. <laughs> that's a reward that's worth getting. And so he contrasts performance giving with worship giving. Worship giving. This is the practice of giving that comes out of love because we love God and we love others and we give because it's who we are. We don't, we don't have to. We don't need the recognition. We don't need to feel better about ourselves because we already know who we are. We know who our Father is and we know what he has, and that he can provide for our needs. And we understand the true treasure. <laughs> we understand that money is not the ultimate treasure. So we don't have to hold on to it. We can give it away because we know what the true treasure is. And, it, and the treasures of this earth pale in comparison to the treasure of who God is. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and, and we're going to sing together. And then I want to I end with a, a benediction.